Hello everybody, welcome to the very first installment of the podcast, What's Wrong With Us, where we try to evoke the thoughts of the common men and women by analyzing presence Algeria and Algerians. I'm one of your two hosts, Ahmed Saleh, and in this episode, we'll be shedding some light on the name of our podcast, that is the question, what's wrong with us? In the next 20 minutes or so, we'll explore the importance of this question to each individual, as well as its relevance to us as Algerians. So let's start by talking about Algerians for a bit. In Algeria, it's common to find people condemning the country and its people as well. Or in blunt terms, it's common to find people shitting on the country and on its people as well. We always hear stuff on the lines of, life in Algeria is tough. I can't stand my neighbor. I hate my family, my teachers, my boss, my job, colleagues, classmates, that woman at the receptionist desk, the guy at the grocery store. You can often catch Algerians complaining about life in Algeria, and about other people too. On different occasions, people wonder, what's wrong with our society? What's wrong with Algeria? But when we ask, what's wrong with Algeria? People seem to have different takes on this matter. Some might say we have a corrupt government, while others believe we lack good economic infrastructure because of the government, and that's why we're all technically poor. Some might suggest we have problems with education, Some might go to say we're horrible Muslims even. And there are those who still believe that there are some foreign entities that don't want us thriving. And then of course you have those who believe that we are all just a bunch of ignorant lazy failures. Mostly, all these can be boiled down to this. Either some, or our government, is doing something bad, or nothing at all to make the country a better place, or people themselves are doing something bad, or nothing at all to alleviate our misery. So we either blame each other, like collectively speaking, or the government. But it's mostly the government. And although we constantly ask, what's wrong with Algeria as a country? And what's wrong with the Algerian government? And what's wrong with Algerians? What none of us seem to ask, which you've probably never seen anyone asking, sincerely at least, is what's wrong with me? Hell, we never even stop to ask ourselves, is there actually something wrong with us? And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. That is, is there actually something wrong with us as individuals that would relate to the current state of Algeria? Is such a question even necessary? Why is it so, if at all? And if it turns out to be necessary, how can we go about identifying what's wrong with us and dealing with it? And for what gain? You know, at the end of the day, and for good or bad, a country is what its people make it out to be. At the core of any group, we find an individual who has an impact on that group, like virtually any other individual in that same group, just in different ways, of course. And so, if we want to push the group in a certain direction, we have to convince the individual to move in that direction. That individual, dare I say, is you. The same process is applied when we don't like where a group is heading. If we feel like there's something wrong with the group, we inspect the individual. That is you. Problem is, though everyone claims that there's something wrong with the people around them, no one has time and no one seems to care to inspect the individual. That is again you. They just say you're a failure, that there's something wrong with you. Like you would say about the unfit teacher, the unqualified administration worker, the corrupt government official, misogynists, you know, abusive parents, you name it. So what do you do? Do you need to ask, what's wrong with me? 
is there something wrong with me? Am I doing something that's making my life hell and ultimately making this country a shithole? And let's suppose you ask these questions, then what? How can you arrive at an objective, real answer? A useful answer? Well, before everything, let's just say this. Society is larger and more complex than one individual, of course. But the premise is the same, just on different scales. If we accept that society is what we make it out to be, then who we are can affect society. And because we're people, we are, invariably, really messed up, on different levels and in different shapes. But because we're like this, because we're messed up, our society naturally follows the same path, that is, of being messed up. So the question here is, how can we unmess up ourselves, and by doing so, hopefully, unmess up the country? Is that even a real word, though? Unmess up something? Anyways, so it all starts with acceptance of two things. First, it's high time we realize that as people, as individuals, we are like everyone else. And like everyone else, we have a number of shortcomings. And this is what we mean when we say that we, people, are messed up. To come to this realization, we have to admit to ourselves that we are fundamentally flawed, and not in a self-degrading manner in which we say stuff like we're not capable of achieving success or in which we body shame ourselves. It is also not that common case of reasoning, whereby we settle with shallow diagnostics of our problems. An example of this would be asking ourselves, why can I focus on studying or on work? In these situations, it's often the case that we just go like, well, I'm lazy, or I don't like what I'm working or studying. I don't think this even scratches the surface of the issues here. Instead of laziness or lack of interest, your problem could very well be that you don't see meaning or intrinsic value in what you're doing. And if you don't know what you want to do with yourself, then chances are you have an issue of conceptualizing meaning. And this is very troubling, because without meaning, there is no purpose. And if there is no purpose, or at least the willingness to find it, then what's the point of anything and everything? What we also don't mean when we say that we are fundamentally flawed is that somewhat spiritual or reductionist understanding of things, where one would go like, oh well, aren't we all humans and all humans make mistakes? No, it's not that. What we're talking about here is something much more foundational and also much further reaching in a society. We are alluding here to ways of perceiving fundamental concepts of identity and how one should conduct themselves in society. We're alluding here to the unwillingness to dig up our uglier and twisted ideologies. We're also alluding to a deliberate state of intellectual blindness. All of this is naturally quite hard to perceive and let alone admit. Of course, telling yourself that you're lacking in some way is something that our minds reject. No one wants others to tell them that they should think otherwise about something they think they get or that they're bad at doing such and such things or that they are, God forbid, a failure or simply that they're wrong. It's a lot to take in. What's even harder to take in, I believe, is having to confess to ourselves that maybe, just maybe, we are like those who we like to describe as the teacher who only cares about money or the religion extremists, or the toxic feminists, or the lazy construction worker, or the unfit administration women, and the guy who sells stuff at insane prices. All of these people, perhaps we are 
at least in some ways, not very different from. Maybe the reason we can so easily see that there's something wrong with Algerians in Algeria is that there's something equally wrong with us, but we can't and don't want to come clean. So what's wrong with us is that we don't think there's anything wrong with us, but there is wrong with everyone else and everything else around us. And to change this, we first have to get rid of our pride. We need to get over what is a very deep belief in our minds that the way we think and the way we behave are inherently right, and that we only need to have lived in a better place with better people who would have assured us that the way we go about our lives is optimal. This couldn't be far from true. Now, even the wording that I'm using here, something wrong with us, it can't be seen as very harsh and cruel. To tell oneself that we are lacking in some core way might make us feel like we're not enough. But what if we're actually not enough? To whom you might be wondering, why to ourselves, of course. Now, what the hell is that supposed to mean? Consider this. Is the way you see yourself now, this includes the way you think and the way you behave, all of these, do you think they are morally, socially, logically, and thoughtfully correct? And dear God, I can almost hear you saying yes, they are. Which is not surprising at all. Of course, you won't see that there's anything wrong with you. But what if we look at it from another perspective? Can we consider a parent who is ignorant in the ways of parenthood, a shady government official, a failure of a student, men who abuse their wives, bribing, nepotism, people who put forth insane demands to get their daughters married, their own daughters aspiring for nothing else in life but to get married, or those who complain about unemployment without putting in any actual effort to find a job, or those who think that education is only that which you get in class, or my favorite, people who pull out the God card only when it suits them best. All of these behaviors, can you objectively and in good conscience say that they are inherently correct and that they do not play major roles in screwing us all over as people of a nation? Do any of these people live up to what capacities and responsibilities they actually have but choose not to use or uphold, thereby ruining an entire nation and before everything else, ruining themselves? What makes you any different? If you ask any of these people, they would say, yes, I'm very different. I have different circumstances. But do they? Aren't they all a part of our collective tangled mess of a society? So what makes you any different? Now, the second thing that we must accept and be fully aware of is that help isn't coming. It's up to us to fix ourselves. Really, no one owes us anything, nor do we owe anyone anything. If we want to have a better tomorrow, and that sounds like a line from a Disney movie, but I promise you it's not, maybe. If we want to have a better tomorrow, we have to do something about it. And you do that, like we said earlier, by recognizing that there's at least one wrong thing with you. And by accepting that, you would have taken a huge step forward. You need to realize that whatever it is that's bothering you or you find inadequate about yourself can only be fixed by you. It is as unfortunate as it is understandable, really, that no one cares about you. Not enough. Not as much as you should care about your own self. Now with that out of the way, sometimes, well actually most of the time, we like to hide our problems under certain illusions. So it appears to us that there is nothing to fix, where in reality, we're just trying to justify our messed up shit instead of questioning their thoughts and behaviors. People like to make it a habit 
to just assume that the way they think is unique to them. And because of that, it should not be seen in the light of right or wrong. Or on a global scale, on the level of society, we might say something like, well, we Algerians think about X in a certain way. That is just our unique way of thinking. There is nothing inherently right or wrong about it. No, this is deeply alarming. It only lends us to a mediocre belief of self-righteousness. If anything, questioning the merits and correctness of our thoughts and actions is probably the first step in self-improvement. And that, I believe, is true uniqueness. So once we've accepted that we are not as perfect as we thought we were, and that we need to question the correctness of our thoughts and behaviors, and after fully understanding that no one is going to help us but us, we need to start a process of selection and elimination. Now what's that all about? Here's the thing. We cannot truly say that everything about you is wrong. You probably see certain things from a useful and helpful perspective. And this would allow you, eventually and hopefully, to progress well in life and even maybe lift others with you. But as we have discussed throughout this thing, there are bound to be many other modes of thought that you have, that you are unaware that you have, which are catastrophic in nature. Or maybe you are aware of your deranged thoughts and actions, but are too stubborn to do anything about them, or simply you don't know what to do about them. Well, luckily, and surprisingly enough, there is a one-go-to solution for determining which ideas and behaviors need to be revised, and for discovering alternatives for these behaviors and thoughts, and perhaps above all for convincing yourselves that yes, there are some aspects of you that for the sake of everybody, including yourself, can be changed and better be changed. You do all of this by discovering new ideas and new ways of dealing with things, normal things, ways of thinking about yourself, ways of how to perceive certain behaviors coming from others and how to deal with them, ideas about life, about education, about your gender, and the opposite gender, even some ideas that may address your beliefs in different ways. What I'm trying to say here is that you must get to know how other people think, and not just any people, because it's somewhat of a trend nowadays that People just form their opinions on the basis of what they are told by a selected few who supposedly know what they're talking about. And consequently, certain misleading ideas become fashionable. And that's why we're much better off considering the ideas of people who put time and effort in thinking about aspects of life to the best of their abilities and are trying to share their ideas with people like us, people who still cannot identify what's wrong with them. And while we're at it, Let's exemplify with something that might seem so basic, but is actually a big deal. In your journey to discover what's wrong with you, you can observe your reaction to the things that anger you. If it's healthy to you, you can go read what psychologists say about why humans truly get angry and how to properly deal with those feelings. Or let's say, maybe you can do some research on trauma and discover how common it is and how to gracefully get a handle on it. Now, what's worthy of mentioning here is that you don't explore the ideas of one psychologist, for example, but many, and you do this as much as possible as you go about your life, so that you develop the habit of inspecting and comparing and contrasting your beliefs with different ones and taking only what is coherent to your reality. Now, of course, needless to argue, this is a lifelong process, because what's wrong with you at the age of 20 is not what's wrong with you at the age of 25. 
and what's wrong with you when you're at work isn't necessarily what's wrong with you when you're at home. Bottom line is this, you should not let your ideas and actions be without critical examination. And you do this by continuously and thoughtfully questioning them and exploring alternative ideas and behaviors. That is how you discover and ultimately heal what's wrong with you. And that's pretty much it. Thank you for listening. If you're feeling like it, share this with your friends and whomever you think needs to hear this. You can also check our social media pages on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We welcome all of your ideas in different comment sections. And make sure to stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. We have a lot of stuff to unpack. Till then, keep on asking, what's wrong with us?